Hi there, Lisa here. Before we start the show, I have a few disclaimers that I would like for you to keep in mind as you listen to each episode. First, this show will cover a variety of topics related to connection, mental health, work, and life. And some of these topics may be sensitive for you or for someone you know. I want to offer you permission to choose courage over comfort when it comes to consuming sensitive content, and also permission to respect your own limits when it comes to consuming this content, which may be sensitive for you. I also need to indicate that while I am a licensed therapist, I am not your therapist. This show is not intended to be direct professional advice, and you should not use this as a substitute for individualized professional help. Lastly, while I can assure you that any of the coachable or teachable content I share will have demonstrated effectiveness and or practices I use myself, I can also assure you that I am imperfect, and there are times when I do not act as skillfully as I would have liked. My goal is to act skillfully most of the time, and I very much want that for you too. Now, with that said, let's start the show. Hello and welcome to Wired to Connect, the startup mental health podcast that keeps you going every week with our easily digestible lessons, skills, and stories that you can put into practice immediately. I'm your host, your coach, your teacher, Lisa Birnbaum. I'm also a social worker, a therapist, and the co-founder of Strength Squared, a therapy coaching and consulting practice for startup founders and their teams that I started with my wife and co-founder in 2021. The learnings we are sharing here come from a combination of the lived experiences of the startup founders and startup team members we've worked with over the years, from our own lived experiences, and from research-backed strategies too. And we are so excited to be able to share these insights here with all of you now. In today's episode, we'll be discussing how to give feedback effectively. In our last episode, we talked about what needs to be in place prior to giving feedback. Now, we're going to build off that to discuss how to give feedback effectively. Keep in mind while listening that what we're discussing today is intended for founders and those in designated leadership positions. If, however, you are wanting to give feedback effectively to your boss or managing up, so to speak, that's not to say that you won't find anything in today's episode applicable to you right now. I just want to acknowledge, though, that there is an inherent power differential at play when managing up that requires a bit more nuance. Perhaps I'll do a separate episode on this in the future. For right now, though, if you are an individual contributor or a direct report, by all means, listen in and you'll be ahead of the game if you do decide to take on a designated leadership position in the future. As I mentioned in our last episode, I am very much of the belief that being clear with someone regarding expectations, behaviors, culture, climate, or deliverables is an act of kindness. It isn't kind to not offer feedback, to not invest in that person's growth, to not believe it's worthwhile to take that time to deliver feedback and to show the person you believe in them. It isn't kind to delay feedback in an attempt to not be viewed as too demanding or too controlling or micromanaging. Yes, absolutely, we should find other ways to work on how we're coming across. We shouldn't do this, though, by avoiding hard conversations in an attempt to lessen our own discomfort. So much of this is interconnected. I'm going to break all of this down for you in today's episode. So let's get into it. Let's make some meaningful connections. 
Support for today's show comes from our very own Strength Squared. What if you really knew the type of startup founder you are or the type of future startup founder you are likely to become? Would it change your trajectory? Would you do anything differently? Well, now you can better answer these questions for yourself by taking the quiz we created specifically for startup founders and future startup founders. In 10 pinpoint questions, you'll identify your leadership strengths as well as your opportunities for growth. At the end, you'll see which type of startup founder you are or which type of future startup founder you are likely to become so that you can move forward with the clarity, courage, and confidence to ensure that your type is working for you rather than against you. Just head to strengthsquare.com slash quiz to take the first step toward being the best startup founder you can be. That's S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H-S-S-Q-U-A-R-E-D.com forward slash quiz. And we can't wait to hear which type of startup founder you are. Okay, so how then can we ensure we are consistently delivering feedback in an effective way? I'm going to share with you six suggestions to begin working on this. First, start by giving genuine positive feedback, also known as praise, as often as possible. I cannot overstate the importance of this, even if it makes us uncomfortable or if we're someone who personally doesn't see the value in it. In psychology, positive feedback or praise is a type of positive reinforcement and negative feedback or criticism is a type of punishment. As I or any parent of a child or any parent of a dog can tell you, positive reinforcement is far more effective for maintaining desired behaviors than a punishment is for changing undesired behaviors. Please, please trust me on this and take my word for it. It is super important. Then, model what it looks like to receive feedback effectively before we give feedback. This creates a sense of trust that we are walking our talk and fosters a startup culture where giving and receiving feedback effectively is the norm. We'll get into how to receive feedback effectively in our next episode. For right now, though, here are some things we can consider. We can start reviews with our teams by sharing what we're doing well and what we're not doing well and emailing the whole company for help or suggestions on specific skills we're not particularly skilled at. Michelle Peluso of Guilt Group is known to do this. By modeling vulnerability here, which takes courage, she is also demonstrating that she genuinely wants to receive this feedback and does a nice job connecting it to her own opportunities for growth. We can also have our own go-to question that facilitates someone's willingness to give us feedback. Fred Kaufman, author of Conscious Business, advocates asking, what could I do or stop doing that would make it easier to work with me or would make your life easier? Alternatively, when we ask someone if they have any feedback for us in sort of a yes or no kind of way, especially if they are a direct report of ours, it can be harder for them to answer this honestly. That's why I love Fred Kaufman's way of asking this. And we can also embrace the discomfort of asking for feedback and not getting it. It can be so tempting for us in these situations to move on and to not really push this further. However, by allowing for some silence or blank space to think, by sitting through any perceived awkwardness or discomfort, and by asking additional, differently worded questions, 
we just might be surprised with what we can learn. Next, cultivate a startup culture where caring personally and challenging directly are expected. Co-founder, CEO, tech advisor, author Kim Scott refers to this as radical candor in her seminal book of the same name. Feel free to Google this for more info. Essentially, though, if we picture a two-by-two grid or four quadrants with an x-axis that represents challenging directly and a y-axis that represents caring personally, a feedback style of radical candor sits at the top right quadrant of the grid as it is high on challenging directly and also high on caring personally. When we intentionally create an environment where the person we're giving feedback to knows that we care about them personally, it gives us permission to challenge them directly without engaging in behavior that is perceived as or actually is obnoxious in nature. Next, know the context of the relationship to each person we are giving feedback to. This is especially useful for us to understand so that we can know whether it would be helpful for us to flex a bit more on the caring personally end or perhaps on the challenging directly end of the spectrum for each particular person. Next, use the situation behavior impact framework whenever we are giving someone feedback. This framework was developed by the Center for Leadership and can be used in any feedback conversation. First step, situation. We offer some brief context for what the situation is. Second step, behavior. We describe objectively the behavior we observed using just the facts. And third step, impact. We share the impact of the observable behavior. This separates fact from opinion and acknowledges that we are not this all-knowing person that has all the answers. It also forces us to challenge behaviors or actions rather than challenging the person's attributes or character, which can be incredibly provoking and can lead to the person either not receiving the feedback well by becoming defensive or not being able to take in the feedback at all by shutting down. When we put all three steps together in our situation behavior impact framework, this could sound something like, on the phone with our client, when you were stating things as facts, the tone of your voice sounded like you were asking a question. And because it sounded like you were asking a question, it came off as if you were far less prepared than I knew you were. Okay, and lastly, focus on our commitment to this person's growth and let that come across in every feedback conversation. The better equipped we are to actually help this person with the feedback we're giving, the less likely it is for our feedback to be perceived as or to actually be personal, unfair, or judgmental. And the more likely it is for our feedback to be perceived as and to actually be genuinely caring about this person and committed to their growth. We can do this by being frequent with our feedback, by giving this person feedback often and close in time to the situation when our memory is most fresh. This reinforces a startup culture where giving feedback often and close in time to the situation is the norm. Plus, these two-minute real-time conversations directly after the situation allow us to prevent these really intense, bubbled-up laundry list 45-minute conversations where the person just feels like they are getting piled on with criticism. We can also do this by being clear, by using the situation behavior impact framework, which I just went through. And we can also do this by giving actionable feedback, 
by offering the person a suggested next step or potential solution after asking for their thoughts on the situation and allowing them the opportunity to offer a solution. Also, in many situations, there is not only one solution to a problem. If we offer a potential solution, it helps to indicate that we are not certain that our solution is the right solution and that it simply could be a viable option. Using our situation behavior impact example from before, this could sound like, on the phone with our client, when you were stating things as facts, the tone of your voice sounded like you were asking a question. And because it sounded like you were asking a question, it came off as if you were far less prepared than I knew you were. Did you happen to notice that at all? Do you have any thoughts on how to work on this? I'd be happy to run through the next call with you ahead of time and practice for it with a role play. As I hope you've come to appreciate with each of these suggestions, so much of this is interconnected. I'll be back to recap all of these connections right after this. Support for today's show comes from our very own Strength Squared, a therapy coaching and consulting practice partnering with startup founders and startup teams. At Strength Squared, our goal is not to have to treat burnout after the fact, and instead to prevent burnout from happening in the first place. We do this by equipping startup founders and their teams with the necessary skills to build sustainable, mentally healthy work cultures of collective care, collective accountability, and intentional work-life integration. If you are a startup founder, a startup team member, or are someone who might be a future startup founder, and are navigating a challenging topic that you would like addressed on our show, or if you have a question you would like answered on our show, please send an email to podcast at strengthsquared.com for a chance to have your topic addressed or to have your question answered on a future episode. Again, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H-S-S Q-U-A-R-E-D dot com. And we'll keep our eyes out for your topics and for your questions. Let's go ahead and pull all these connections together. To recap, my six suggestions for giving feedback effectively are number one, start by giving genuine positive feedback, also known as praise, as often as possible. Number two, Then model what it looks like to receive feedback effectively before we give feedback. Number three, cultivate a startup culture where caring personally and challenging directly are expected. Number four, know the context of the relationship to each person we are giving feedback to. Number five, use the situation behavior impact framework whenever we are giving someone feedback. And number six, Focus on our commitment to this person's growth and let that come across in every feedback conversation. Thank you so much for listening to Wired to Connect, and I hope this was helpful. If you would like a chance to win our free startup coaching session, which retails for $500, keep your ears out in the very next section for the instructions. That wraps up today's episode. I hope you loved it. Don't forget to hit subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And we are currently giving away our free startup coaching session. If you want to win a free coaching session, just leave us a rating and write a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice, and you'll be entered in our weekly random draw. 
This type of startup coaching session retails for $500 and can be yours for free by rating and writing a review of our podcast. Then listen in next week to see if you won. It's that simple. Thanks so much in advance for supporting us on Apple Podcasts or on the podcast app of your choice. Before I go, I want to leave you with this. As I mentioned in our last episode, most startup team members, when asked, indicate they would like to receive more feedback as opposed to less. And again, this is especially true for team members in marginalized groups who far too often are not given feedback with the same actionable specificity or with the same frequency as their non-marginalized peers. Start with a bit of a self-assessment by simply checking in with yourself and with your understanding around the suggestions that I shared, and then start practicing. And be sure to tune in to our next episode, episode four, where we'll be talking all about how to skillfully receive feedback. Thank you to my incredibly talented cousin, Andrew Fisher, for writing and playing the original music for this show. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you to my amazing wife, partner, and co-founder, Marissa, for your belief in me and in this show, for everything you do for our family and for Strength Squared, for everything you are doing behind the scenes for Wired to Connect, and without whom none of this would be possible. Lastly, and perhaps most importantly, thank you so much to all of you who are listening for supporting us by choosing to spend your time with us, for connecting with us, and for keeping an open mind and an open heart. I'll look forward to connecting with you in next week's episode. And until then, take good care. And remember, we are all wired to connect.